Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Good morning, Jays fans from New York City. This is John Bishop, and it is time for another week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. It has been a busy week of Creighton Athletics, and we're going to get you all caught up. Of course, we are getting ready to dance. Both men's and women's basketball teams will be playing in March Madness this year. We will hear from the head coach of Creighton women's basketball, Jim Flannery, whose team just finished up play in the Big East Conference Tournament last weekend, losing in the semifinals to Villanova, but they know they are securely in the field, and they will hear their names called Sunday night, and we'll have more on a special watch party for both the men's and the women's teams coming up here just a little bit later on in the 1620 The Jays podcast. Also, we will have Connor Happer update us on the latest with baseball and softball This time of year, unfortunately, weather starts to get into the way of things, so we will hear from Connor and check in with both baseball and softball. A reminder that the 1620 The Jays podcast is brought to you each week by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. As I mentioned, I'm here in New York City recording this podcast as of Friday morning, just uh, about eight or so hours ago. The Creighton Blue Jays put the finishing touches on an 87-74 victory over Villanova in the Big East quarterfinals. And they are, of course, slated to play Xavier tonight, Friday uh, at Madison Square Garden, 8 p.m. is tip-off time. Pre-game coverage begins on 1620 The Zone at 6 p.m. Omaha time with Ravi Lula and Blue Jay shoot-around. Should the Jays be victorious, they would play either Marquette or UConn in the championship final, which would be at 5 o'clock Omaha time, or 5.30, I should say, Omaha time, coming up from Madison Square Garden. So, uh, obviously, a lot to play for. For the Jays, they know they're in the tournament uh, right now. Uh, as of Friday morning, Bracket Matrix had him right on the cusp of the six and seven lines uh, for the NCAA tournament. I believe if Creighton can get the job done this weekend in New York, that will bump up to a five seed, which means they would play a twelve seed in the first round of the NCAA's. Uh, it's probably a safe bet that it's it's either going to be a five, a six, or a seven. For the Creighton men's team, for the Creighton women's team, it's it's again something in the neighborhood of a seven seed, maybe an eight seed. The Jays have had some really good numbers this year in terms of their metrics. They've been top twenty in the net all season long. Uh, not only that, they've played a lot of Q one competition. They've had a great record against ranked teams 
this season. So I think Creighton, if they get the respect from the tournament committee, should be in line for maybe their best seed ever in women's basketball history and a chance to wear the home uniforms for the first round of the NCAA tournament. There's going to be a Selection Sunday show going on at DJ Sokol Arena on Sunday afternoon. The selection show for the men's begins at 5 o'clock, the women's selection show at 7 o'clock, and they are inviting fans to show up and show their support for both the Creighton men's and women's teams. Again, we'll have more on that coming up, and that'll be Sunday, DJ Sokol Arena, free event for Creighton fans to watch along with the Creighton men's and women's basketball teams. It's been a really great year of basketball at CU, and you know they're one of just a very small handful of teams that will have both their men's and their women's teams in the NCAA tournament in back-to-back years. Well, speaking of Creighton women's basketball, let's turn things over to my colleague Josh Peterson, who is with the head coach of the Creighton women, Jim Flannery. Thank you, John, so much. We welcome back on to the podcast for, I don't know, like the fourth or fifth time this year. It is the head coach of the Creighton women's basketball team, Jim Flannery. Coach Flann, how are you doing today? I'm great, Josh. How about you? I am doing fantastic. If I would have told you back in October before the season got going, you'd win 75% of your games in the regular season, finish, you know, hang out around the top 25 inside, outside all year long. Would you have graded that, do you think, as a successful season for the Creighton women's basketball team? Uh, Yes. I mean, would I have thought we would have exceeded expectations? Not necessarily, but I think in terms of just meeting them, I think we were right there. I mean, I think if you look back, certainly the Providence loss at home um, and maybe a couple a couple blowout, you know, the, the UConn and, and Villanova blowouts at home, not that you expect to expect to win those games necessarily, but just the way we played. And, um, but uh, but yeah, there was a period of time where we were not a very good home team <laughs> um, relative to what we were doing on the road. But I think we we kind of cleaned that up a little late. So I think, I think all in all, yeah, when you look at our strength of schedule, the competitiveness of our games, I mean, played 30 games, really, we were in 27 of them. We lost bad to UConn at home, bad to Nova at home. And then Stanford on the road, we really weren't in touch. You know, it ended up 13 and we, I think we got it to nine maybe in the fourth quarter, but uh, you know, I think the consistency of the team was pretty good all in all. You know, it, it's funny, Flynn, like one of the through lines of discussing both the women's team and the men's team this year has been the like the strength of schedule and being challenged versus being challenged too much. Like, do you like the way ultimately now looking back the way your team was challenged with a lot of those, you know, road games? You mentioned Stanford. Obviously, that was a tough one, especially where it fell. How do you feel, I guess, in hindsight, looking at the way the schedule was built? I I think it's fine. I think it, it really is hard to kind of build the 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 order of games that you want i think like if you look at our men's team i don't i think their schedule was really hard but maybe had they you know they had the four bot you know the four games to start the year at home and then they had <laughs> a bunch of really tough games if you can sprinkle a game that's a little bit easier in there i think that that helps uh especially if it's a home game um and i think kind of it was a what happened to us is i think we played so many road games early then when we hit that really hard stretch Maybe we exhaled a little, uh, but we were just a little fatigued and and maybe lost a little bit of confidence. So it wasn't necessarily 
and coaches say this all the time, it's not necessarily who you play, it's when you play them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's something to be said for that. It's not, I don't think you can, I don't think you want to overplay it, but there is some validity to it, that making it more difficult. And I look back and I think, yeah, probably, probably we did kind of make it difficult because our first three conference games were on the road too. So it wasn't just that we played a lot of non-con games on the road, but then because because Kirsten has such a great volleyball program and we had to go on the road, uh, you know, December 2nd and 4th and and then fit a game in, a road game in, conference road game in right after Thanksgiving at Xavier. You know, all in all, it, it, that made that tough, that uh, stretch tough. But overall, I, I, w- I don't really have any regrets. I think uh, I think this team could handle it. And I think in some ways it probably, we lost enough in that stretch that maybe we relaxed a little and and, didn't feel the weight of expectations. Uh, so I think, and, and I think it's important that you go through some adversity and, and we certainly did. And I think we came out of it on the other side uh, in good shape. You know, Flint, so often over the years, I've been on a call for a game and at some points in, in the last few years, we were talking about Creighton and, and the depth being hurt and, and, and injuries this season. It was more about the opponents sometimes that you played. I, I wonder, knock on wood, obviously, with the NCAA tournament coming up, but it seems like it's been a really good year on the injury front. Did Has there been things that you have changed in, in the way you do recovery or strength workouts, or I guess how much of it can be chalked up as well to luck? Yeah, well, certainly luck has something to do with it. Uh, you know, and Lexi Unruh, who's a, you know, a second-year uh, player for us from uh, Sioux Falls and and redshirted last year. Unfortunately, she tore ACL late September, so she was out. And I think she would have fit, factored into the mix. I think she she's a really good athlete. And I think she could have helped us, uh, you know, just because of her versatility. And it would have been nice to get her some some playing time this year. But other than that, like you said, we were we were super healthy. And continuity is so important, and, and especially in practice when you go into the when you go into a week of practice and you're not worried about, you know, some of the things that we've had to worry about the last couple of years, I think, uh, I think you can get better. And I think that's, that's been really, uh, really beneficial for us. Uh, Peter Knight, our, our athletic trainer does a great job and Brad Schmidt, our strength coach does a great job and they work in concert with each other. And, you know, if somebody's got an issue, they, they figure out, okay, well, what do we need to modify? in the weight room, what, you know, what are the, how do we make sure that they're ready for the next game? Do we need to, do we need to be uh, mindful of some things? And so it really is so much more individualized uh, than it was, you know, even 10 years ago, uh, as far as, okay, maybe we need to manage what we're doing with this kid in practice just a little bit more. Um, And then, and then of course you have, you know, just regular sickness or flu that, occasionally can work its way through the team and we didn't really get hit hard by that we had kids that were you know maybe on meds for a couple days here and there but uh but yeah for the most part as you said knock on wood it was smooth sailing plan we had you on on sportsmanlike conduct recently and and that was before the big east tournament and kind of in that waiting period of uh, who 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 will you see uh, in your first game of the Big East tournament? Now, what we're talking to you this week as we await the NCAA tournament bracket, so it's even more up in the air because instead of ten other conference opponents, you're looking at a a large field of teams. What is this period like? Given that you know you'll be playing again, you just don't know who that opponent will be, and and you kind of are in the waiting game a bit. 
yeah, it's a, it, it is a time to exhale a little bit and, and kind of refresh. And for our players too, I mean, uh, leaving the conference tournament coincides with our spring break. So uh, most of our players either went home or maybe even went on a mini vacation with their family. I know we had a couple of players who are at the men's tournament uh, in New York city this week. And so we won't bring them back till Saturday, which is what we did a year ago. We brought them back Saturday, practice Saturday, practice Sunday, and then Sunday night, you find out who you're playing. So, um, I, I think it's good not to, not to overdo it this week. And like you said, you just, you don't really have an under, you know, you don't really know who you're going to play. I mean, our, we had a, a staff text chain yesterday saying, okay, do we need to start, you know, preparing? And I said, well, I, I kind of on the plane ride back from Connecticut, I went through probably there's probably 12 to 15 teams we could play in the first round and another seven or eight that we could play in the second round. And I don't really want to, you know, go through 20 to 22 opponents. I just don't think that's time well spent because it's just too many, too many variables that go into that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go recruiting and uh, for a day and a half here and, and be back. And then, um, kind of hit reset and I, I think it's a good break and and uh but we do have it we also expect them to do a little bit on their own you know we played Sunday night and we're not bringing them back till Saturday afternoon so um you know hopefully they they get a couple uh workouts in and maybe get in a gym a couple times but also just kind of hit reset and, and get refreshed mentally and physically plan before we let you go um you know we talked earlier about the schedule that you played and, and some of those tough matchups early obviously you've also seen some great individual players just saw one in the loss to Villanova in the Big East tournament like do, do you feel like that this team is maybe more prepared than many of the teams you have had heading into the big dance yeah I think we're I think we're at least as prepared if not slightly more so as you said I mean I th I told him after we lost to Nova I said you know we got those were two great prep games for the NCAA tournament. I mean, we played a yeah. we played an overtime game uh, that we won, and then we played a two point game we lost. And and Villanova's you know going to be a top you know four or five seed. I mean, four four probably at the at the best, and five at the worst. And and even Seton Hall is a you know they're a low sixty net team that knows us inside and out and has really good players. And so. I thought it was great preparation. Would we have liked to have won against Villanova and gotten a crack at UConn? Absolutely. But um, I think in terms of, of being ready, I think uh, that it was great preparation. It's, it's, it's such a quick turnaround in the, you know, in the conference tournament, cause you play and then you play again the next day. And for us, we didn't get off the court till midnight uh, on Saturday. And then we have to turn around and play at five 30 that next afternoon, which is even harder than it'll be in the NCAA tournament. So I don't love the way we structure. I, I wish we had a little bit, you know, even just a few more hours in between that. But in terms of 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 having to get yourself reset and and going and and playing against great competition, I think it was it was really good. And I think our team, I don't think we played great in either game. I thought we played pretty well, actually a little bit better against Nova than we did against Seton Hall. But I I don't think uh, I don't think we played poorly either. I think we, I think we're going to need to play a little bit better, but it's not, I don't think there's anything to be alarmed about in, in the way that we played uh, really any, any of the last eight to 10 games. I felt like we at our, our, I felt like our basement was a little higher or we, you know, our worst games were better than our worst games earlier in the year. And I think that's helpful because teams are going to feel nerves in the NCAA tournament. So 
you know, if you catch somebody on the wrong day where everything's clicking, but typically there's enough nervousness, especially that first game that, that you're going to see, you know, openings both ways, both for us and for them. And, and so I think, uh, I think our conference tournament was, was great prep uh, for us going into the NCAA tournament. Jim Flannery of the Creighton women's basketball team joining us again on the podcast. Coach Flan, uh, really appreciate it. I have enjoyed watching the team all year long. Looking forward to, to watching hopefully a few more games and beyond that even, even more. Thanks for joining us today. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Sixteen twenty, the Jays podcast is presented by Barry Law. Your most important asset to your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at four zero two nine 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 seven 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 seven, or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. And now a report from the Diamonds. Here is Connor Happer. All right, thank you, John. Welcome back. More of the 1620 The Jays pod this week. And uh, we're in a busy time, if you haven't noticed. Uh, Creighton basketball on the men's and women's side gearing up for uh, NCAA tournament appearances. Creighton women were bounced out of the uh, Big East in the uh, semifinals against Villanova in a hard-fought game there. Of course, had the, had the game went down to the wire the game before that. Where they ended up winning, winning of course. Uh, the so they'll wait for their spot in the NCAA tournament, which will they they'll be playing in uh, shortly. The Creighton men, of course, heading into the Big East tournament this weekend. At the time of the recording, they're still uh, before their first game against Villanova, so don't have the results on that one yet. Speaking to you from the from the past a little bit, but. Creighton trying to get things going in Madison Square Garden on the men's side of the basketball. Uh, they'll be headed to the NCAA tournament as well. But uh, it's a busy time because we have baseball and softball firing up as well. Um, just a lot of stuff going on with Creighton Athletics right now as we hit that intersection between the winter sports ending and the spring sports beginning. So we figured we'd give you a little baseball-softball update. Amazingly, softball under uh, first-year head coach Krista Wood uh, it's already got 22 games down. <laughs> anybody's and anybody's sort of noticed this so far. 22 games in, 
Uh, they are 11 and 11 to start their season. And look at all this stuff on the road. Um, so far, they went to the DePaul Dome tournament to start the year, split four games there um, with a win over Detroit Mercy and St. Thomas, a loss to St. Thomas in, in Eastern Kentucky. Um, then they went to the Texan Invitational at Tarleton State um, and uh, didn't have a great showing there. Lost four out of five games, but all pretty close battles. And that one back on the road at the UTEP Invitational in the final week in February uh, where Creighton lost their first two games and then ended up winning three in a row as they got out of there against Kansas City, UTEP, and Tarleton State. And then in the spring games in Florida, um, just this past week and weekend, um, you know, played, played man, um, a bunch of games down there, four, five, six, seven, eight games, um, at the spring games and was able to pick up wins in, in five of them. And so they're they're piling in the softball results early in the year, most of it uh, taking place, of course, in warmer weather climates. I don't know if you guys have noticed. It's uh, pretty chilly around here. We'll talk about that as it pertains to baseball here in just a couple minutes. But the, uh, the Jays softball team going to start off their – Home slate on Tuesday against Kansas City. They're going to play a doubleheader, 234-30 at the CU Sports Complex. They will take on Kansas City uh, before they, you know, really head into conference play. So you have a chance to get out and uh, see the Jays softball team um, starting next week when they host Kansas City to start the season, which is, uh, you know, a really cool thing. And they, they look to, you know, they, they've had um, a pretty decent start to their year. You know, there's only so much you can ask of, of teams sort of going on. You're thrown right into the mix starting in, you know, sort of early to mid-February. And the first 10, 15, 20 games of the season probably going to be in the South. And they are about finding out a little bit of who you are. So Creighton got a little bit of a better idea of who that is at this point. Still trying to figure out some things, but... They'll hit it in a conference play uh, shortly here with uh, some games under their belt. On the baseball side, so four and five to start. Um, with a, they, they win two out of three at McNeese State in the opening weekend, lose two out of three at Coastal Carolina, but were able to win that game on Sunday against a good Coastal Carolina team, and then drop two out of three at Cal State Northridge. I remember talking to Ed Service at the beginning of the season, and you know I, I was interested in sort of the scheduling um, you know, sort of idea of where they're going to take st- scheduling strategy, I suppose. And, and he said something interesting, and I don't know if you hear this a whole lot, but they, they wanted to get acclimated. And if we're, talk- we're talking about climates a lot during this time of year, baseball, softball, um, they wanted to get acclimated and play in games. So this Cal State Northridge series is what I'm talking about here, where it's not going to be 85 or 90 degrees, you know, way in Florida or in Arizona or something like that. So they they went to Cal State Northridge where where it wasn't necessarily the best of weather days, still a little chilly, um, and and lost two out of three that weekend. They were supposed to play Omaha um, at Tal Anderson Field on on Tuesday. That game got bumped back. We've had some weather this week, and then we're going to open their series at home at Charles Schwab Field this weekend against BYU. That, as of uh, Thursday afternoon, they were supposed to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday with BYU not being able to go on Sundays. 
Um, and instead, they're going to play two in Lawrence, Kansas at Hoagland Ballpark, the home of the Jayhawks. Uh, so that Thursday game is, is, is wiped out. And then they'll play Friday and Saturday in Lawrence and then scheduled to open up their, uh, their home slate, hopefully, officially, fingers crossed, uh, at home against K-State at Charles Schwab Field on Wednesday before they welcome in Wichita for uh, three next weekend. You get Nebraska on the other side of that as well. So a lot of games scheduled to take place here in the state um, over the next couple weeks here. They head back out to Minnesota, but then they'll, um, you know, before you know it, conference play will be right around the corner. Nolan Clifford leading uh, the Jays and hitting so far, hitting uh, 371. And you look at one thing that we talked about at the beginning of the year with this Jays team, depth, balance, um, you know, they have five going into the weekend, going into the series against BYU, um, five guys with nine RBIs in the lineup. So Clifford, Nolan Sailors, Andrew Meggs, Tyler Lozano, and Jack Grace, all with nine runs driven in. Um, you know, Grace, uh, you know, with a uh, with four home runs already, including a big one um, last weekend against against Northridge, um, and and. You know, so the Jays are sort of sort of starting to put things together offensively. I mean, one of the things that you look at right now, I mean, it's always about pitching and defense with Creighton baseball. Ryan Windham, uh, Friday night starter, going to go um, this weekend and the next. On you'll see him on Friday nights for the Jays. It's already, I mean, already at fifteen. You know, over fifteen innings. Um, it's turned in some good start, three good starts already, and and sitting with a one point one seven ERA. Um, that has the look, and you know, 13 strikeouts to just three walks. Um, that is a you know what you want out of your Friday night guy. He allows hits, but he gets out of jams as well. So um, watch for Ryan Windham and then Justin Kleinsorge, um, you know, going on on Saturdays, and they've they've tried to sort of mix things up at least a little bit on Sunday. Trying some younger guys. Uh, Tommy Steyer is a guy out of the bullpen who we talked about a lot before the season, sort of what would his, what was his role going to be. Um, he's had a bit of a tricky start um, to the year, holding a 7.88 ERA at the moment. But make no mistake about it, he's going to get usage. They'll put him in in tough jams, tough spots. So, um, you know, it looks to be another year for Creighton where, you know, they started four and, started four and five now. But you get back home, and then you head into Big East play, and you know it looks. They, I'll say, they look to be on track, on track at the moment for what we would normally see in a Jays team. Now, defensively, is it had been a little bit, um, you know, a little bit on the on the sloppy side at the start of the year, just fielding 976 right now. So they made eight errors so far this year, but. Numbers sort of started to come together a little bit offensively. Would like to see the team average up a little bit. They're forty-seven as a team. Um, but things look to be on track for the Jays, who have finished uh, second in consecutive years in the Big East Conference and look to do so again. There is your Creighton baseball softball update. Like I said, busy weekend for baseball, softball, and um, I guess softball is is off um, this weekend, uh, but big, busy weekend for baseball. Then, of course, enjoy the men's and women's basketball as they gear up for their 
tournament runs. All right, that's it for this weekend's uh, edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm Connor Happer. We'll send it back to John Bishop. John? Well, the plight of our northern climate this time of year certainly makes baseball scheduling very dicey because of the inclement weather and the fact that BYU is coming halfway across the country to play. Creighton announced on Wednesday, or Thursday I should say, that uh, the BYU series was going to be moved down to the University of Kansas. So Thursday's game was taken off the schedule, but they are scheduled to play games Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock and Saturday at noon, and that's going to be at Hoagland Ballpark, which is the home ballpark of the Kansas Jayhawks. The Creighton home opener is now slated for next week, Wednesday, March the 15th, against Kansas State at 6 o'clock. Sadly, because of the move of the series, that means there will be no radio coverage. We were scheduled to bring back uh, Creighton baseball on the radio this week, but the Omaha game got moved to April. The BYU series gets moved south. So our radio debut on 1180 The Zone will be Wednesday night, March 15th, against Kansas State at 6 o'clock. Knock on wood, let's hope that the weather holds up. Elsewhere in Creighton Athletics, coming up on Friday morning, the men's tennis team is at IUPUI. The women's tennis team, meanwhile, is in Big East play as they visit Stores, Connecticut, and the Yukon Huskies. Again, Creighton men's basketball tonight against Xavier, semifinal round of the Big East tournament. Jays are 2-1 all-time against the Musketeers in this event, but they are 2-0 against the Musketeers in the semifinal round. The Jays are 4-0 all-time in the semifinal round. If Creighton wins tonight and locks themselves into the Big East Tournament Championship game, that will have meant that Creighton will have played in half of the Big East Tournament, actually more than half of the Big East Tournament finals since the conference was reconfigured in 2013. Of course, the 2020 tournament was canceled, so this is the ninth tournament that the Jays have participated in. It would be their fifth final if they get the job done tonight against Xavier. Robbie Lula starts our pregame coverage at 6 p.m. on 1620 The Zone. Taylor Stormberg and I will have the call. We'll be live courtside at 7.30 from Madison Square Garden with tip-off at 8 o'clock, Creighton and Xavier. Then on Saturday... Rowing is at Central Oklahoma. The baseball team continues their short two-game series down in Lawrence, Kansas, as they will take on BYU. If the Creighton men are victorious, the Big East Championship Final will be at 5.30 Omaha time from Madison Square Garden. Robbie Lula's pregame coverage would start at 4 o'clock on 1620 The Zone and 101.9 The Keg. The Jays would play either Marquette or Connecticut. The men's golf team, on Monday, we'll be at the Gulf Coast University Invitational. Softball will be back in action next Tuesday as they take on Kansas City in a doubleheader that will start at 2.30. Now for Blue Jay basketball fans, the selection show for both the men and women are taking place on Sunday. Of course, CBS will have the televised broadcast. We'll have Westwood One's selection show coverage on 1620 The Zone at 5 o'clock. That's when the men's field will be announced. The women's field will be announced two hours later, 7 o'clock Central Time, televised on ESPN. And we will also bring you the women's selection show, courtesy of Westwood One, 
1620 The Zone. So we got you covered in terms of the field. Now, if you would like to join the Jays in person and help celebrate their great season, there will be a viewing party on Sunday at DJ Sokol Arena right there on the Creighton University campus. Admission is free. There will be concession stands open. Creighton players and coaches will be present during both of these selection shows. Doors will open at 4 p.m. and will remain open until the conclusion of the women's field being announced. So if you would like to attend, come on down to the Sokol Arena. Gates open at 4 o'clock and you can watch along with both the Creighton men and women. If you are away and cannot be there at the event, we're actually going to provide a special video feed, a live video feed for you on our 1620 The Zone TV channel on YouTube. We'll have uh, complete uh, video coverage, uh, we'll have our own exclusive interviews, and of course you'll be able to see the reaction from the Creighton men and women at both of their selection shows. So if you can't make it in person, and we'd love you if you could get there, but if you can't, you can watch along. Just uh, search 1620 The Zone on YouTube, our official 1620 The Zone YouTube channel, and you can watch along with us at DJ Sokol Arena. Should mention, too, that the, the arena's clear bag policy will still be in effect, so just remember if you belong, bring any personal belongings, it'll be the same as uh, attending a regular game. There will also be NCAA tournament information available uh, that will be communicated through Creighton Athletics on Monday. So watch your email inbox if you are already a ticket holder, a season ticket holder, and if you want information on how to attend the NCAA tournament, that will all come out from Creighton Athletics on Monday. And if you want ticket availability for all sites, you can go to the NCAA's website, ncaa.com slash tickets. And hopefully the Jays will be headed to good locations for both the men and the women. So that will wrap things up here for this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast. I want to thank Connor Happer and Josh Peterson. And uh, we will be back with you from whichever tournament destination the Jays may be at next week for a brand new edition of the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law. Again, for Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop. Thanks for listening. The 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.